Coming up on today's episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour, part two of adult skills every child should have before leaving home. We'll discuss ways of incorporating emergency preparedness skills using money pants. We'll talk about the real purpose of developing talents, and we'll talk about the one sport every child should be required to play. Plus, we'll share the most effective way to teach your kids self-defense without spending any money. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A lady gets on a bus holding her baby, and the bus driver remarks, Wow, that's got to be the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Storming mad, the lady goes to the back of the bus and sits down next to a man and tells him, That driver just said the most insulting thing to me. The man says, Ma'am, if I were you, I'd go up there and tell him off. Don't let him get away with that. Go on. I'll even hold your monkey for you. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We are your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today's topic is from an article I read many years ago called uh, Adult Skills Every 18-Year-Old Should Have. And it was written by a former dean at Stanford. And she saw her fair share of incoming students who were uh, really ill-prepared and and for college, but also for life in general. They, they just weren't, <laughs> they were freshmen, they didn't really know what was going on. And so, you know, she she kind of had these insights of, of what they needed to be successful and what they were lacking, basically. And we, we liked that list. We thought it was a great kind of starting point. And so we took her list and expanded it to about 40 skills that we believe every kid should have before leaving home. And in our last podcast, we, we covered about half the list. And so today we're just going to cover the, the other half of that list. But note the word skills. The, the topic is skills. These are things that your kids should know how to do. We're not talking about book learning here, where there are countless other things you can teach your kids, you know, from chemistry and physics to math to history to grammar. But, but we're just focused on the practical skills of, of daily living. And so these are the topics we covered last time, and, and they were real quick. Number one was work ethic. We talked about money management. We talked about uh, save, shop, and spend. We talked about how to do taxes, uh, how to invest or understand investing, uh, uh, how to deal with failure. Uh, number seven was how to recognize scams and Ponzi schemes. Number eight was how to apply for a job. Number nine was how to re- do research. Number 10 was how to do laundry. Number 11 was how to cook. Number 12 was how to run a home. Number 13 was how to clean up after themselves. Number 14 was personal hygiene. Number 15 was time management. Number 16 was how to go to bed. Number 17 was dress and attire. Number 18 was how to do their own hair, whether it's styling or cutting or whatever. Number 19 was uh, social skills and etiquette. Number 20 was uh, dating skills and etiquette. And then we that's where we left off. And so today, I just want to kind of pick right up where, where we left off. And, and here are the, the remaining topics where, or, or skills that every 18-year-old should have, or, or better yet, skills that every child should have by the time they leave home. And here we go. Uh, Number 21, uh, internet and phone etiquette and safety. Number 22, 
problem-solving skills in and handling interpersonal problems. Number 23, how to get answers to prayers and recognize God's influence and direction. Number 24, how to take notes and develop study habits. Number 25, basic computer skills. Number 26, how to read, write, and communicate. Number 27, how to vote and how government works and how to get information. Number 28, uh, transportation and how to ride a bike or drive a car or to use public transportation or hail a cab, etc. And, and how to deal with problems as they come up and arise and how to plan a trip. Number 29, how to maintain that transportation, whether it's a bicycle or a motorcycle or a car. Number 30 is how to swim. Number 31 is what to do in an emergency, how to, how to act in an emergency. Number 32, basic survival skills. You know, like the stuff Bear Grylls teaches, that's a little advanced. We're just talking like basic, you know, how to build a fire and, and camp and those sorts of things. Number 33, self-defense. 34, how to relax and maintain balance. 35, how to develop and learn to develop and, and discover their own personal superpowers. Uh, number 36 is how to develop talents and a hobby to help them relax. Number 37, basic leadership skills. And number 38, how to teach or lead a discussion. So let's just get right back into that. Number 21, internet and phone etiquette and safety. Where we want, okay, Hannah, and in our family, we actually have rules and we've posted these rules about um, internet rules where you're not allowed, <laughs> you're not allowed entering in personal information. You're not allowed giving out our phone numbers or putting any of this information out on the internet because it's, you, our kids don't know when a, when a site is bad or not. And so we just made a, a blanket rule. You're not allowed entering in information unless mom and dad are present. We had a child. <laughs> And I don't know if I can say this, but we had a child who was rebelling against us and every rule that we made, and they rebelled against this one. And I didn't know about it till later. I happened to be taking pictures off of the iPad, and I saw a picture of this particular child with a rebellious look on their face, holding their birth certificate and their social security card with their driver's license or something and <laughs> in an attempt and i i confronted the child to, yeah. about this <laughs> and this was and they're like oh well i couldn't close my instagram account i had made this instagram account and i had posted some naughty things on it or i had said some bad things about a friend of mine on this account and i felt bad and i was trying to shut it down and i couldn't access the account and so I called up Instagram or contacted Instagram and they said I couldn't prove that it was my account. So therefore they couldn't help me get into it. So I emailed this to them to prove that it was me. <laughs> so, so they had like her signature, her social security, social security, number, security number, and a copy of her birth certificate and a picture of her. All in one picture. And we're like, we were like mortified. We're like, well, we failed as parents. Oh, <laughs> we have no, totally we failed. didn't. We had had that posted. I know, but clearly rule. we didn't instill and in our in this this child of ours. And clearly we did not instill in them. Yeah. It was it was one of those kids that likes to like test every single boundary. <laughs> anyway, this was one of those boundaries. But, anyway, but but, these, these, but at the same time we're uh, also talking about phone etiquette where it's a lost art of when you answer the phone, you say, Hello. This is the Judds. How can I help you? As opposed to, 
hey, what do you want? Like we've lost phone etiquette and how yeah. to talk to another person, or or like even how like how many people call and don't say who they are. Yeah, calling. they don't announce who they are. Like, hey, I'll get calls all the time, Hannah. Will people say, hey, is is Hannah there? I'm like, maybe. Who yes, is this? May I ask who's calling. Well, I don't want to say if you're there because maybe I, you don't want to talk to them, or I don't want you to talk to them. Like, I don't yeah, want them to know if you're home. Yourself, like, yeah. It, where <laughs> Tell it's me who you are first. <laughs> basic etiquette. Where it's like walking up to a stranger going, hey, what's your name? That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. A proper etiquette would be, hey, I'm Fontaine. Who are you? And that, but for some reason, that's just been lost. And so that would be a very simple thing, very simple skill to have. make sure your kids have before they leave home. Number 22, we want all of our children to have basic uh, problem-solving skills when it comes to relationships. Yeah, and the dean mentioned that this was a problem, uh, not right. knowing how to solve interpersonal problems, so like we're having no clue. And you think about it, a lot of kids, you know, they don't have brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't have brothers and sisters close in age, or they don't get along with their brothers and sisters, right? you know, or they don't ever, they haven't ever had to share a room or something like that. And so they haven't really had as much opportunity to deal with problems. Right. And so all of a sudden they're stuffed in a dorm and there's six of them. And, and they can't stand some of the people. And they've never had to deal with and they don't know, well, how, what do you do? with the other people. Well, no, 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 no. If you've never been taught these skills, Anna, what do you do? That guy keeps taking my clothes or he is filthy or or he, he he wakes me up at all hours of the night or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he sets his alarm for five and then uh, snoozes through it for an hour. Like, yeah, snoozes through it for an hour what, what and you, I'm trying to sleep in the bedroom and I'm tired. I need yeah, to sleep. Yeah, what, what I, do you do? If you don't have any skills of how to solve interpersonal problems, what do you do? Yeah, and so... So we suggest that every kid... And we talked about this in our... In just our previous podcast the last about one? fighting. Oh, we went right, over how, it. How to we went over fights, it again. Yeah about how instead of letting your kids come and tattle every time there's a problem and say, hey, this person's doing this and this person's doing that, instead you instead of accepting the responsibility to solve that problem for them, instead give them the five-step formula of how to solve the problem themselves. Exactly. And say, hey, did you follow those five steps? You know, did you try to, did you put forth an effort to appropriately solve it on your own? And we give them those five steps. The five steps steps of being a peacemaker. But at the same time, Hannah, also, uh, we we recommend holding family counsel. And as part of Money Pants, we recommend a weekly, if not weekly, at the very least monthly family counsel where you have, you discuss all the, the problems in the home and resolve. And hopefully when you're doing that and you're following the family counsel format that we've outlined, that you'll be resolving concerns and problems and your kids will see that modeled for them of the the proper way to resolve concerns in a constructive but healthy way you know what's funny is my freshman roommates were terrible they were fighting all the time i i avoided going home because they were just there was so much drama going on and fighting 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 and then my next year i had roommates who got along really well and wouldn't you know it we had councils like we'd get together okay let's have a powwow we called it a powwow oh sure uh, all right so we have all these jobs and we divvy up the jobs and we talk about bedtimes and rules for keeping it quiet past a mm. certain time and things like that and we uh, those roommates got along really well 
but what it, because I had, just they, realized that's why they had those problem solving skills, and they had the but they also had the the count the family council ish. Yeah, and so for the most Powell, part, like they they knew they knew how to solve interpersonal problems and, and prevent problems as well. So number twenty three, and this is a big one. We want our children, we think everyone should know how to get answers to prayers and how to recognize God's influence in and direction in their lives. And there, are, we talked about this, um, helping your kids uh, discover, discover and develop their superpowers, where learning how to uh, communicate with clever God. devils. And oh, oh, re- and, oh and is that the one? Podcast, is that the one? Okay. Devils, we talked about this. The way money pants can help with that is as a parent, you can set a goal of, hey, every day we're going to do scripture. I'm going to hold scripture study mm-hmm. or at least once a week hold a, some sort of devotional right. where I have a chance to talk to my kids about these things or study things like this together or teach them how to pray and, and, and whatnot. So like one thing that works for us is to do family scripture study right after dinner time or oh, whatever right. okay. meal yes. whatever meal we have all together that day we'll spend you know some time after the meal what when everybody's already gathered at the table and everybody's relaxed because they've already eaten and we we have we study the scriptures and the gospel and we have great discussions and so that works really well so that's number 23 number 24 is learn to and have the skill of taking notes and we already kind of talked about study habits, but this one's different. This is, and this kind of goes into the one we're going to talk about in a minute where we talk about uh, communication. But basically, we want our kids to know how to understand others and interpret what others are saying in a clear and clean format. And it starts with, te- obviously, teachers would be the easiest way to, to get them to learn how to take notes because teachers typically have more like an organized outline of how they're going to present the material but this goes right hand in hand with with uh, proper study, but also understanding what other people are saying. Yeah. Where proper note taking, and this is a this is a hard skill to learn. Where I I had a great teacher when I was in sixth grade, who explained how to take notes and how to use the the whole Roman numeral system uh, number system of of uh, what's it called where it's a hierarchy. You start with Roman numeral one, and then you have letter A, and then the number one, and then an indented A, and it just, it's... Um, Taking notes? Yeah, it's a, it, it's, it was, <laughs> so, she, she taught us how to do yeah. that in a very, in very detailed find, way. You can find tutorials on note-taking and shorthand and all that on, on uh, YouTube, and hopefully your kids have a teacher who's taken the time to teach it, but mm-hmm. if not, they do need to learn that because not only will that affect how well they're able to do through college or trade school, but you need that in business. You That's need a skill that they'll all, use the rest of their life. You're going to need that skill the rest of your life. So it, even if, you like, for example, if you're doing homeschooling, especially for junior high and high school, you want to make sure you're teaching them it, uh, how to take notes. So like one thing I do using Money Pants is I have them watch great courses and have them take notes, and then we play a game afterwards and as soon as the lecture's over from great courses, I'll ask questions. I'll take notes as well, and I'll ask questions. And if they're able to answer the, they can use their notes that they took. And if they're able to answer the questions, I hand out quick points. And Brilliant. so it's a very fun, it's a fun way to help them learn how to take notes. And they get a lot more out of the lectures 
by like way doing more. that. Didn't like, you notice they got way, way more? Way more. They're able to remember what they watched and stuff. And so, so note-taking skills, which kind of leads into, you know, um, study habits and, and how to how to interpret and understand what other people are saying. And then number 25, computer skills. Okay, in this day and age, you have to have computer skills. You have to understand file management. But like I said before, where I had that what, 20 years ago now, the head of the company, uh, the design company, had a group of high school students come in and, and they're like, hey, what do we need to know? What's the most important thing for us to know to be in this industry? And he's like, learn to type. And they were all, all these high school students were so disappointed because typing is boring. <laughs> typing. They were hoping but, but he was going to say something cool like, oh, know all the color spectrums and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, know yeah, how to type. And now they're, now they're teaching that in school instead of handwriting. They're emphasizing the typing. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason your school isn't, you they do need to know how to type. And the faster you can type, the better. Yep. So you can use things like typing.com and NitroType. They're free. Yep. Um, they're great programs and your kid can learn to type no problem. So they can set that as a goal on Money Pants if they don't know how. And it's it's a, a, a fun goal like, hey, I'm going to practice typing for 10 minutes oh, no, every no. day. Uh, one of my well falcon the speed no demon. falcon and caleb both falcon got well but i'm saying falcon the speed demon he would make he would make goals for himself on was it nitro type yeah of how many points he could get and how fast he could get at typing and, and they make it a game and they make it fun and he got yeah. he got really good and he's what he was like eight yeah 90, nine years old 90 words per minute it's pretty good with a 90 <laughs> 90 something percent accuracy it's like yeah, that, and, that, and Caleb, that little bugger, he passed a hundred words per minute. And I, but he had a hundred percent accuracy. With a hundred percent accuracy, that blew me away. So, well, what's funny is he applied for a job soon after, and they're like, "Hey, you need to be able to type sixty words a minute." And he wrote that he could type a hundred words per minute. And I think they didn't they didn't believe him, and he didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me, but he could but, anyway. But along um, those lines, but uh, th- but there uh, there are a lot of other like computer programs to learn, and yeah. there's GCFLearnFree.com mm-hmm. where it teaches how to use like all sorts of the basic, like if you want to learn Word or uh, like Photoshop, or like those things, or um, no, like Microsoft Office. If like, you want to learn anything on Microsoft Office and, and so I, like Word or Excel or yeah, PowerPoint, yeah, or, it has all that. Okay. so your kids can set goals to either do one tutorial a day or one a week right. and so they're they're accumulating computer skills that they're going right. to need for their for school and for work and w- it uh, wouldn't hurt on your resume to say yeah I am fluent in Microsoft Office I'm yeah. fluent in the Adobe Creative Suite like I- and then there's also programming as well like I have a son who has a goal right now to learn, do a Python tutorial on YouTube mm-hmm. each day. He's also done Maya tutorials uh, where he learned uh, how to use Maya really well, just saying, hey, I'm going to watch a, a tutorial on YouTube. Actually, the things, every... he's able, the things he's able to create blow me away just yeah. by watching tutorials on YouTube. Yeah, so. and so he can do 3D animation and those now are, but the, just the thing... off of doing YouTube tutorials. And But that's that's what's funny is you have a background in film, and how many times do you, when you were working in the film industry, did you have to go, oh, I need to know how to do this effect or whatever. And you, what do you do? You hop onto YouTube yep. and find tutorials yep. and then do it. Exactly. And that's how you do it in the real world. So so number 26, and we mentioned this before, but now we're going to hit this one hard. And that is every kid before they leave home, needs to know how to read, 
write, and communicate. Reading is the ability to understand what other people are saying. Writing is the ability to express yourself. And communication is kind of both of those together, but also we're talking spoken. Um, but we've, we've touched on communication where how you do your hair, how you dress, how you hold yourself, the etiquette that you have, all those things are part of that communication package. But now we're also talking, we're going to add other things in here. We're also going to add in reading and writing. Like as the whole <laughs> communication package. And there, Hannah, this may be one of the more weighty of the things that kids should leave home. One of the more weighty skills that they need is the ability to communicate. Yeah. So Fontaine, you taught a, an early morning seminary class for church which with high school students. Right. And one time I went into the class and, um, you know, I asked some of the students to read things out loud, mm-hmm. like uh, passages or, or whatever out loud. And it, I left afterwards going, oh, my goodness, so many of the kids in there either couldn't, could barely read, like they really could barely read. Yeah. And even though they were getting ready to graduate from high school. Yeah, because I taught, I taught the juniors and the seniors. Yeah. And so, yeah, if your kid doesn't know how to read, there are people who can teach them how to read. But mm-hmm. that's not something you want to let your kid leave home not knowing how to do. Well, you had a brother who had a serious uh, dyslexia problem, and it was very challenging for him to learn to read. But your mother yeah. stuck with it. He's and a doctor now. He's a doctor now. So it's not that it's impossible. It's just it may be more difficult for certain kids. Yeah, but they can but that still is, do it. That is a skill that just pays major dividends. And not having that skill really limits your yeah, opportunities Yeah, and there are many programs. Uh, you can go to your local library. They have volunteers yep. who help people who have trouble reading but that's definitely a priority starting there. But as I, I mentioned before, speech and debate, they there do. They teach that etiquette of how to dress, how to present yourself, how to persuade, how to research, how to read, how mm-hmm. to organize your thoughts, so so how to write. That's the, actually the best writing class my kids have ever gotten. Yes, because they was, have to present their thoughts in a cohesive, coherent, and logical manner in but, a persuasive manner. So they have to like, and they also have to learn to back up what they're saying and show that they're getting it from a reasonable source. And, yeah. and it it's is, basically writing. It, it's a writing class, but spoken. But, but, but they even have them do some of the things where they have to commute. They have to learn to communicate with their hands as well as their voices. Mm-hmm. And they have to, with some of the things they have to bring in like props, props and things like mm-hmm. that, visual aids, visual and, aids yeah. and things like that. So it's one of the best ways for teaching the reading, writing, communicating, presenting skills that I've ever seen. But that's the thing though, is it includes listening to the other side. And, ma- right. and making and making decisions based on what the other side said. So you're, you're assimilating information. Just like when you're reading, you're trying to comprehend and understand the other person and what they're trying to say. Same with debate. Only in this case, you're listening to what the other person has to say and going, okay, they had a valid point there. How am I going to address that? Yeah, because if you don't respond to their concerns or the concerns that they bring up, you lose the debate. And Hannah, this is such a great skill because when you're married or you have friends and they're they're trying to say something, if you don't understand what they're saying and don't know how to communicate, like if you don't know how to listen and comprehend what other people are saying, then you're always going to be two ships crossing in the night. 
you're never going to be able to resolve problems. You're not going to be able to, to get anywhere. And then that applies to business. Yeah, it, yeah, and it applies and if you to don't, personal relationships as well as work relationships. But and, also, like, if you don't listen to your customers and don't know what they're saying and what they want. Like, if you're a business owner, like, this is such a great thing to learn in the home. Yeah. So... Oh, so oh, oh with money pants, uh, you could set something up where, hey, if you join the speech and debate team, you can set up goals and stuff on right. on money pants and rewards for long term. Like if they they do it consistently, well, and or if, it's, if if it, they don't want to make it a if they actually don't want to make it one of their um, habits, you could actually make it a job. Yeah, you could <laughs> oh, make yeah. you could make it into a weekly job <laughs> as part of their one of their weekly jobs is to to do this thing, and they'll get paid handsomely for it. And yeah. it's, it's good. It's, it, either way, you can totally use money pants to, to help motivate that. Oh, uh, oh, and as a motivator for them, if it, let them know that higher end colleges love it when kids are on speech and debate. They right. actually look for that. So, number twenty-seven: How to vote, I, government. How to uh, how to get information about government and and how to. Go to a town meeting and how to contact your local representatives and, and understanding government, how it works on a local level, a national level, and a worldwide level. Like your kids should have a basic understanding of how that works. Yeah. And also what their rights are. Oh, right. Because you can get taken advantage of. Like if you mm. you don't know what your basic constitutional rights are and kind of what the basic laws and, and basic are. And basic constitutional responsibilities are. <laughs> yeah, you could you can get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So it, it's important to, when you walk out the door, you know, know things or even And they're like, going to be 18 and they will be able to vote. things like what to do like if you get pulled over by the police or yep. you know yep. accused of accused of something or you know and we've I'm, talked to people who've had their children accused of things crimes that they may or may not have committed and the kids didn't know what to do the parents didn't know what to do don't talk to the police yeah. <laughs> you know don't say this don't say that yeah. don't don't uh, you know there's certain things you shouldn't do in in certain situations or you know I don't know, like if you're driving a car, like what a hit and run is, you know, hey, if right. you they, see they sh- something, you they don't should leave be aware the of, of kind of all these um, things when it comes uh, to how the government works, how the law works. And yeah, so uh, and we'll talk about more about how to how to teach that here in a minute. But basically, the idea is you can use your Saturday activities maybe is to go over some of these things. We'll talk about that in a minute. Number 28, transportation. And this one goes back to the former dean, uh, the former dean of Stanford, where she was like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, an eighteen-year-old must be able to find their way around." Because here's the problem: as parents, we drive or accompany our children everywhere, even when they could have taken the bus, or their bicycle, or their own two feet. So kids don't get to know the route from getting from here to there, and they don't know how to cope with transportation options and snafus, uh, when and how to fill the gas, uh, when and how to fill the car with gas. Or even how to make and execute transportation plans. Like, and you think about it, I remember as a kid, I would be in the car and we were going to the grandparents' house. And we'd drive down our cul-de-sac, we'd turn onto the main street, and we'd make a right at the stoplight. And the next thing I knew, we were on the freeway. And I couldn't ever figure out how we got on the freeway. It was magic. And then all of a sudden, we were there. And I... I remember trying so hard to like, this time I'm going to pay attention and figure out how we get on the freeway. And I never figured it out. 
I never understood how we got on the freeway. Well, it's funny. You think that just because the kids are in the car, they know, hey, you know that this is the way we go. We do this a million times. But what's so funny is until they're actually driving and doing it themselves, they're not actually paying attention to how they got places. And I remember once uh, I was at a church activity and I was in the car. I was a teenager and I was in the car with my best friend. And the church leader said, okay, we're going to be going to, her name was Carrie. We're going to be going to Carrie's house. Okay, Carrie, how do we get to your house? And Carrie, she was trying to get directions from this young teenage girl. And and I happened to know where Carrie lived. And I knew how to get there. Because you've <laughs> but, driven there, right? And so Carrie was giving this lady directions. And I'm like, actually, this is not how we get to Carrie's house. <laughs> Carrie didn't and, know how to get to her and own And the house. teacher was like getting all snippy with me. Like, you be quiet. Let Carrie give me directions. She knows how to get to her house. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, we ended up the Bartow Airport, which was like an hour and a half (laughs) away from where we should have been. It was way out there. (laughs) Anyway, and I mean, I had that smug, I told you so. (laughs) Look, and, and the teacher was like trying not to be irritated, but... We got home really late that night because, um, <laughs> well, no, Carrie did not know where she lived or how to get there. I remember so. as a teenage driver, I made the mistake one time of trying to go to a dance and I got directions from a fellow teenager. <laughs> and no. we drove around, similar, we drove around for two hours, never made it. it he was the, the He was so sure he knew where to go. He's like, no, 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 it's up here. Make a right. And we just drove around and around. And I had no clue where we were. This is long before GPS and the fancy phones and Google Maps and all uh-huh. that. This is long before that. And we were, and I had no idea where we were. We were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And we look up and I'm like, wow, I, where are we? And we never made it to the dance, never figured out where to go. I was able to find a freeway and get us back to where we wanted to go. But I made it my rule then and there. Never trust a teenager for directions. <laughs> <laughs> a teenager made a rule there. So well, so some of the things to consider are, first off, we talked about gifts, uh, giving meaningful gifts, gifts right. that are tools and things like that. A great gift for a little kid is a bike. So starting when they're three, those balance bikes those are, are awesome. awesome. Yeah. It makes it so much easier for when it, they do... Well, Learn to ride Hannah, a bike. It Hannah, becomes for people, no problem. Hannah, for people who don't know what a balance bike is, a balance bike is a little two-wheel bike. It doesn't have training wheels, but it also doesn't have pedals. And so the kid kind of scoots along with their feet. The pedals don't get in the way, but they don't have the training wheels, so they learn how to balance, and they pick it up pretty quickly. I'm, su- I'm surprised yeah, at how effective they are. So that, to the point where within a few months... They understand the concept of balancing on two wheels, and they can do it very easily. So then you transition into a pedal bike. It's super easy. Matter they of fact, they don't crash at all. We actually, it's amazing. We had our our two year old on a balance bike, and by the time he's, we got it from was like he was like two and a half. By the time he was three, we got him a pedal bike, and his first try on the pedal bike, he pedaled all the way on the driveway, no problem, didn't crash, didn't fall, picked it up just like that. 
Yeah. So now it's a little it's great. a little scary when the three year olds on the bike though because they can go really fast and they don't quite understand other things. So right. so you have to be a little bit careful not they, to be. Well, they figured out pretty quickly. <laughs> um, unless you're on a hill. Because the first time he went along, where I'm like, oh my goodness, I had to have one of my teenagers run alongside him so he didn't like end up in trouble. So. With cars or something like that. So, so and they should before um, kids leave but, home. So so yeah, teaching them how to ride a bike, and then uh, maybe family activities, going on bike rides, so they learn bike safety rules. Right, and that's because that's where you learn your bike safety rules are on family bike rides. And so then the step after that is to once you you're confident that they're they know how to get around on their bike and they can go have fun on their bikes for short periods of time. The next step would be, hey mom, will you you know when they say, hey, can you can you stop by the store and get me this or this and this or take me to the store to go get this? Say. How about you and your sister go ride your bikes right. and go get there yourselves? Mm-hmm. And so they go, oh, I could do that. I could go do this myself. I could take myself to the store. How empowering is that? Though, yeah, man? instead of asking mom to go help me because I need to, you know, pick up this from the store for school. I could get on my bike and go do that. That is very freeing. And very empowering and exciting because yeah. okay, I rode a bike all through high school, and I, I guess I was kind of unique because not mm-hmm. many of my friends did. I, more people rode bikes back when I was a kid than do now, but mm-hmm. it was amazing to me. I knew where to, I, I knew how to get any, everywhere. I, I I would ride my bike twenty miles, and I'd go over here and I'd go over there, and I could ride to the the Cineplex, and I knew where the stores were. I knew how to get around. Yeah, but kids nowadays. Get rides from their they, parents they everywhere. And here's the thing, Hannah. I've actually gotten rides from you to places. And later you're asking me to go back to that place. And I'm like, I have no idea where that is or how to get there. And you're like, well, yeah, but you went with me. I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't paying attention <laughs> because I wasn't driving. Yeah. And I didn't have to. And yeah. kids are the same way. If they don't have to pay attention, they're, yeah. they, so, they're not going so, to. So like starting out with riding a bike, getting yourself oh to your friend's house and mm-hmm. to your school or... You know, that's a that's a good start. And then, of course, the next step would be them getting a driver's license and start practicing driving with you, the parent. So they're starting to learn about transportation. And then the last one, using public transportation. Yeah, they need to learn how to use that. There may not always be a bike or a car that they can use. Yeah, and what's funny about that is I actually, to this day, I have no idea how to use the bus system. I have never in my life caught a bus. Mm-hmm. I've never bought a ticket for a train or a bus to get anywhere. Is that's funny and I'm, you know, I'm an adult, but but I I would be nervous to do it quite frankly, even though I'm an adult because I've never done it. So having your kids go, "Hey, I want you to catch a bus and go to here and I'll come with you, but I want you to go get the tickets and mm-hmm. and let's go on a little trip here." That would be a good thing. It's very empowering to know, hey, I can get around here if I need to. I know where to go. I know how I to know get how places. this works. Yeah. And so so being able to get yourself from one place to the next and understand what your transportation options are mm-hmm. of, hey, I could ride a bike if I need to. Oh, or, hey, I know how to drive a car. Or, hey, there's public transportation. I remember on being in college and not knowing how I would get to the airport. 
and not ever thinking that, hey, there was public transportation. Yeah, you get the flyaway bus And instead having to beg people, could you drive me to the airport? You know, and really I should have just been using public transportation and it would have relieved well, a lot of stress. <laughs> well, here's the great thing, though, about the kids who maybe are dragging their heels getting their license is if they have to take their bike or, better yet, if they have to take the bus places, they'll never want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> So, or, or like Trixie, they'll be like, I don't want to spend my money on a car. Not if I can use a bus. Like, exactly. That makes, that makes way more financial sense. They should also understand what it means to hail a cab or to hire an Uber or a Lyft. Like basically th- they need to understand how to get around. And I think the Stanford Dean was, was 100% right where she sees these kids come out to college and they have no clue how to get anywhere well they're still relying they're still dependent on mom and dad dad. to drive them around yeah and so introducing them to all their options and realizing that they have these other options it's very empowering yep Um, but along those lines though they also need to learn how to deal when travel plans go wrong where something go where where there's an issue along the way maybe how to deal with Maybe the bus is running late, or maybe they missed the train, or maybe the that that particular thing that the, that route they were hoping for is closed, or the road is closed on their plan. Like they need to learn how to adjust and make make adjustments on the fly. And that, these are skills that are very helpful that apply in all aspects of a person's life. Uh, making adjustments or on the fly. Or at least know to use Google Maps and let Google Maps make the adjustment. For but even them. then, what if the car breaks down? Right. Or what if they run out of gas prematurely or the gas gauge doesn't work or or they get a flat tire? Like they need to know kind of how to yeah, roll but, with but, the punches. But how, how many kids know that, hey, if you use Google Maps, it will let you know if there's an accident right. and steer you around. So even if you do know how to get there using the Google Maps, like if you are in a time sensitive mm-hmm. situation, that would be important. Right. And so we suggest it, at the very least before kids leave home that they should plan and execute at least one trip for, for the family. And it can be something as simple as, okay, Billy, you are going to take the family to Burger King or McDonald's tonight. You tell us where to go. And just see how your kids respond and how they react and how it goes. Because that would be a, a, hopefully it'll be a big eye opener for A, for Billy. He's like, wait a minute, where is it? How do I figure this out? And all of a sudden you'll see the, the wheels turning and the, maybe they'll fight back. But ideally it'd be like, Okay, I get it. I see what we're doing. Or maybe, hey, we're going to go out for ice cream, but you have to decide where we're going and how we get there. And that'd be a great activity for the, each one of your children to, to do that at least once so they get a sense of, oh, this is how you get to these different places and this is where they are. Okay. number, And that leads into number 29, which is automobile maintenance. Yes. And everyone should know like the basic basics of automobile maintenance. How to gas up a car, how to change the oil, how to jump start a car, <laughs> and how to change a tire. And I think the best time to learn that is to uh, maybe make that requirement before they get their driver's, uh, driver's license. Because that's not part of the driver's test. They don't have to show how to gas up a car or change a tire or change the oil. That's, that's going to be on mom and dad. And mom and dad are going to have to say, okay, before we take you to your driver's test, you got to show us how to change the car tire. Maybe not actually change the tire, but all the steps to do so. Mm -hmm. Maybe 
from jacking the car up and which tools to use and, and how to do it and where the spare is, um, but also how to change the oil, where the dipstick is, how to check the oil. And also, it, literally, they should be the one to fill up the car with gas at least once. Show how to do it yeah. before yeah. they get their license and get to use the car if you allow your kids to use the family car, which no, I, we recommend I actually, against. I do not know how to change the oil or change a tire. I did recently learn how to jumpstart a car. But oh, I will jump say that my yes. son had the awful experience of um, not jumpstarting a car correctly, and it ended up being a horrible mistake where it, it shorted out caused all sorts of electrical problems with his car. He was out of his car for six months trying to fix it. Yeah, and had to make tons and tons of repairs. I mean, he learned a lot about the car doing that, but but it was a very costly mistake and used up a lot of time and a lot of favors from other people. (laughs) Yes, yes, (laughs) he did. So, yeah, for number 29, basic automobile maintenance. You know, you need to know how to gas up a car, change the oil, jumpstart, and that'll come in handy over and over again. And how to change a tire. Number 30, everyone, every adult who leaves home, and preferably long before they're an adult and long before they leave home, every one of our kids should learn how to swim. And I hope that's self-explanatory, but if not, it is so critical because, well, first of all, the, wa- the earth is what? Covered 75% water? You're <laughs> going to run into water. You need to know how to swim. And otherwise, you're... When you're in a situation where you need to swim and you can't, that's not the time to start learning. Yeah, that that's dangerous. So you gotta learn to swim, and the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I've I've talked to people who teach adults how to swim. You mm-hmm. know, swim teachers, and it's a little scary. Kind of like riding a bike. It's a little bit easier to learn it when you're smaller. Yeah. The same with swimming, because by the time you're an adult, you can develop a pretty intense fear of the water if you never learn to swim. Yeah. So it's just one of those skills that it's better. The sooner you learn it, the better. Uh, what we found with a big family is that the cheapest way to teach your kids to swim well is to put them on swim team for at least two years. And it's it's fun because it's social mm-hmm. and, and you're on a team. And it's cheaper uh, than swim lessons. But it's way cheaper than swim lessons. So in order to be on a swim team, you need to basically be able to doggy paddle for about a yard or two. And as long and as they do kid, the rest, yeah, and the the swim team, they teach them to do everything else. And by the end of swim team, your kids are strong swimmers. And I don't care if my kids win at swim team, but I just the want fact, them to swim. That is the, the fact win. that they can swim and swim well. That, it, is, that is definitely the win. And so, it, it, go to your local community center and sign up for. Is swim team for and, the summer. Yeah, and it's very inexpensive. It ends up being like just a fraction of the cost of and, swimming lessons. And they get to ride their bikes there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, okay. and it keeps them cool during the summer. A lot of benefits. Number thirty-one: emergency preparedness. Where, at the very least, every one of our kids should, before they leave home, should have a basic understanding of maybe not proficiency in, but at least an understanding of the following, and that includes CPR, how to do the Heimlich, what to do with a burn, whether, you know, first, second, and third degree burns, what to do with uh, someone who's bleeding, um, especially when there's a lot of blood or if there's or if there's a big gash and there's no blood, like what to do in those sorts of situations, what to do when someone is suicidal 
and how to how to react and what this basic what does just role play what to say or if there's an active shooter and there's an active danger of, of someone being shot um, how to call 911 and what to say when you call 911 um, where the local hospital is or or 24-hour emergency clinic or whatever whatever's nearest and how to get there and we talk about transportation you know what if mom and dad are in an accident or dad's not home and mom's in an accident and the kids got to take care of it like what do they do um, but also like what to do if you're in a tornado zone or an earthquake zone or a hurricane zone or a flood zone, what to do in those situations. Also, what are the basic steps with a fire? They used to teach this in school. Stop, drop, and roll. Remember that? Yeah, I do. They don't Actually. teach that. They don't teach that anymore. They don't they rarely do fire drills anymore. It's just not part of the curriculum anymore. And a lot of kids are leaving school having never done that, never learned that, never experienced that, never practiced that. Um and I found that the Boy Scout manual uh, called emergency, they have a merit badge called emergency preparedness is excellent. And if you were to just go through that, and you can download it for free off the Boy Scout website. It's like, it's free. And it's just a list of things to know. And yeah, I think it's like- Isn't there a thing, be prepared? Yeah, their thing is so. be prepared. And they also have another merit badge called first aid, where the, between emergency preparedness and first aid, if you were to just kind of cover those things in their little booklets- You'll be well prepared, and your kids, yeah. your kids will be fine. Or once again, YouTube. Or YouTube. Yep. Okay. Well, actually, a yeah, lot of these uh, they've the, turned into videos on YouTube. Yep, yeah. exactly. And so you can find tons of things like how to do the Heimlich maneuver mm-hmm. on YouTube, how to do CPR. So as a parent, uh, you might use money pants to make a goal. Like let's say it's summertime, you could say change what your goals at the uh, summertime. Say okay, this summer every weekend, I'm going to teach my kids one of these things during the summer and maybe every summer you make that your goal Mm. so you're repeating it once a year i can't see a downside to that hannah yeah it's it's a way you could use money pants to exactly and uh, accomplish that and then two more things under this uh, number 31 emergency preparedness where kids should also know where the water main is and how to turn it off and where the gas main is and how to turn it off just these are basic things that if there's an emergency that's not the time to learn these things. The time to be prepared is before the emergency oh, guys, happens. guys, there's an earthquake going on right now. This is what I want you to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, wrong time. Wrong time. Guys, I smell gas. Hmm. We need to learn where the gas main is. <laughs> not a good idea. Okay. Number 32, basic survival skills. I and mean, Oh. This sounds like we're oh, going into wait. Adventure Man. Oh, wait. We're missing a really great story. What? <laughs> So when I grew up, my parents always had electric stoves and we never had a gas stove. I had no idea what gas smelled like, but I knew it had a smell and I knew it was dangerous, but I had never smelled it. I never dealt with it. So when I got married, we had a gas stove and I came home from school one day. My husband was at work and I smelled a horrible smell in our apartment and I thought, oh, geez, is this gas? If it is, I need to be careful. And and so I was, I, I was walking around the apartment and I'm like, okay, how would I know if this is a gas leak? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, I, I, I should call my husband. And I said, no, I'm an adult now. I'm married. You know, I was like 20, 21. <laughs> I'm like, I'm married. I, I, I can figure this out on my own. And, and I'm a smart person, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do I know about gas? And I'm like, gas is flammable. And I, I thought, hmm, I know what. 
I bet, I bet if I lit a match that the, if I lit a match or a candle, I bet if I got nearer to the gas leak where the gas is coming for, I bet the flame would get bigger. That was my theory. <laughs> so, so I went and I lit a match <laughs> and I walked around to all the gas appliances and like held the match around them. And I went to the other, the, the dryer and went behind it and I held the match there and the, or the candle and nothing happened. And I was so disappointed. And so then I called my husband and I said, honey, there's a horrible smell in our apartment. And I'm worried it's a gas link. So I lit a match. <laughs> walked around to all these appliances but hoping that the flame would get bigger but nothing happened <laughs> and he laughed and then there was an awkward silence and he says wait are you serious <laughs> and boy did i get an earful anyway so you might want to talk to your kids about that whole gas thing you know i was yeah they could be me or well, you know well here's the thing though hannah it, you were right if you hold of open flame to a gas leak, the, the flame will get bigger. Yeah. <laughs> By Apparently lot. your whole house will explode. They call those fireballs. <laughs> so, so yeah, this, so when we say these are things your kids should know before they leave home, this is why I'm lucky to be alive. I am so lucky. By the way, it was a sewer problem. That's why I'm still alive today. I would not be alive today if that had been a gas leak. That's the number one rule is you don't light a match if you think there's a gas leak. Anyway, I, I'm just clarifying in case some young person is listening to this and not sure what happened there. So, well, that leads right into number 32, which would be basic survival skills. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, but th these are... Basically, if everyone needs to know, and, and with natural disasters being uh, more and more commonplace, and there being, you know, between fires and hurricanes and earthquakes and, and floods and power outages and what have you, people need to learn to be resourceful. And one of those things, the basic, basic thing everyone should know how to do is how to make a fire um, so that you can cook food, so you can warm yourself. Yeah, um, so basic like camping, hiking, how to make a fire, how to cook your food over a fire, that sort of thing. Camping is, you know, people are like, oh, it's so fun to go camping. But it's also actually a survival a skill. skill. And I actually don't like camping <laughs> because I grew up in Florida and my dad loved camping and would take us camping in Florida, which is basically a swamp. And with giant bugs and it's really hot. <laughs> and now they have like pythons there, so it's even less enjoyable. But anyway, taking your kids camping once a year is a, a good activity, a, a very useful thing. It's not just about having fun. It's actually something your kids should know how to yeah, do. Just a, just a basic exposure to that, um, that world. Yeah, and a good something else that can supplement that is watching, letting your kids watch the show Man vs. Wild with Bear Grylls, yep. where he teaches all sorts of survival skills and ways to be resourceful. Hmm. And so it gets your kids thinking outside the box of, oh, you can make this, you can do this, you can, um, seeing that they have options 
And that, that just because something's not handed to them, they can look around them and use what they have around them to deal with situations. Exactly. And it makes it, it adds to their confidence. Yeah. And makes them makes them not fearful and knowing that if there's a problem, if there's an emergency, they're going to be okay. I can eat that. <laughs> I can drink that. I can't eat that. <laughs> uh, number 33, every kid, when they by the time they leave home, should know basic self-defense. Uh, whether it's how to <clears throat> how to use pepper spray or how to use a weapon or how to uh, use their hands or how to... Uh, um, yeah, gun it, safety, es- for escape, example. Escape a perpetrator. Yeah. yeah, they need to know these basic things, especially, Hannah, I look at my daughters and I have beautiful daughters who are absolutely amazing. And I worry that if they were to get attacked, would they know what to do, how to defend themselves, how to, how to fend off a potential attacker. See, and I don't think so. So like <laughs> right now we're not in self-defense classes, but so instead I have the kids running. Right. <laughs> because I'm like, at least, you know, if something like that happened, they can run away. <laughs> Exactly. And they could hide, you know. So that's kind of been our little kids. Our little kids' self defense is they're really good at playing hide and go seek, and they're really fast at run, running, and yep. climbing. Well, and so quick, quick, I think for little kids, that might actually be the best self defense. Well, a quick story. So I did. I played a lot of hide and go seek when I was a kid, and when I was about thirteen years old, I had a paper route. And at that time, all the kids in the neighborhood, we would play hide and go seek for the whole, like the whole street. And there were probably 30 of, 30 of us kids all over. And I would I would hide up in the trees or under the cars or or in garbage cans. Like, we, we were really good. And we would go all out. And we'd go, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Well, fast forward, I have a paper route. And it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going along. And out in the middle of the street, there's a car parked. And it was really weird because it was on. And there's a person in the car. And I'm like, why is a person stopped in the middle of the street at 5 o'clock in the morning? I didn't think anything of it. I turn around to deliver my paper, and there's a kid, teenage kid, older than me, probably 18, with a baseball bat. It takes a baseball bat to my back. Wham, wham. Luckily, I had all these newspapers um, in my bag on my back, and he didn't break my back. But I dropped my newspapers, and I, because I was good at running and I was good at hiding, I booked it zoom, down the street, and I knew the route because I delivered papers, and I knew where to go. I dove under a car and I hid as these guys, uh, the one with the, the baseball bat and the other guy who was in the car, drove around looking for me. And it was absolutely terrifying. And eventually they gave up and drove off. And I came out from under my hiding spot, grabbed up my, my bike and my, and my newspaper bags, or and my newspaper bag. And <laughs> being the kid that I, the dumb kid that I was, I actually finished my paper route, finished delivering papers. Found out later that those boys had gone to rob the house that I was delivering papers to, and I had interrupted the robbery. And they were out of town. The and pe- the people, the people had happened to be out of town that I delivered the papers to. But if it weren't for that skill of being able to run and hide, as you say, uh, I wouldn't have ever. I probably would have gotten really hurt. If, oh yeah, if not they, killed. you were a small. I was you were a, small for your age. I was. Like, Four foot something and maybe maybe eighty pounds. I was tiny as a thirteen year old. I was very small. Yeah, you were unusually small for your age. So you could set goals on on money pants to take a jujitsu class right. or take a weekly a, a weekly class. class. Yeah. Uh, have that on your personal goal. Go take it with your kids. Have it, you know, their goal. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's an easy way to or just what they have videos actually on how to I've watched them where Navy SEALs describe, you know, or, or former police officers describe what to do if you're abducted, what to do if, if someone comes up to you from behind, what, what the how to anticipate a punch, like all these things. They have videos and you can just practice them at home. Like I said, make it a goal. Make it a goal. Yep. So self-defense, one of those things we definitely want our kids to yeah. know and have. <laughs> if nothing else, teach them to run and hide. <laughs> Number 34, how to relax and maintain balance. And that, Hannah, that's what the habits are designed for is we have six habits or or we have 10 habits, six different categories, all designed to help you maintain balance in all aspects of your life. We want everybody who uses money pants should be developing work ethic and then balance and developing those superpowers, you know, whether it's emotional, physical, um, um, uh, social, mental, artistic, like all of these uh, different goals that they can have. We want them to be able to maintain balance. Uh, number 35, mm-hmm. every kid who leaves home should have a basic understanding of what their superpowers are and how to develop them and and how to and how to develop habits. And hopefully if they've been using money pants long enough, they know that by setting habits and having somebody to be accountable to and going through this process, they know how to develop their habits and they should have a pretty good idea of what some, if not most, of their superpowers are. Obviously, some superpowers you don't know until later on in life. They just don't develop for whatever reason, and you don't find out about them until later. But at the very least, when your kids leave home, they should know, at least we want our kids to know at least um, most of their superpowers and how to develop them. And that's number, and then that leads into number 36, which is uh, we, every kid, before they leave home, should have, have developed some sort of talent or hobby, and that leads into you know re- being able to relax, um, but also that that physical exercise, Hannah, that you were talking about, where uh, every kid needs to have a a physical goal, whether it's dance or football or basketball or tennis or whatever it may be, to to give them that physical exercise that's so crucial to having a, a healthy body. Yeah, or or like even like knowing how to. Uh, uh, work out properly right exactly uh, i mean i i like it. I, it I think i prefer to play a sport or do a dance but because, some people don't because it, it will overlap you know social skills and artistic skills where you're kind of almost accomplishing more than one thing at the same time but just knowing like proper weightlifting techniques and stuff like that like if you want to like it, it improve your posture and take care of your body these are fantastic goals to have learned at least one way to exercise and exercise mm-hmm. so you're not injuring your body exactly um, that's that's worth your time in developing that skill and it'll be a blessing for the rest of your life well, I think part of the problem is a lot of times people don't want to develop a skill or a habit or a talent or a sport or something because they're like, well, I'm not going to go pro. And I actually heard that in my own life yeah. where people would poo-poo my desire to play basketball. And as we just mentioned, I was five feet tall. I was five foot nothing until I was 16. And then I grew. Yeah. It was a waste of time for you to yeah. learn because you weren't ever going to be a pro. A, well, and for me, I, I was always slightly overweight. And, and so some people would look at me in ballet 
I, I liked dancing and it was like, well, that's a, that's a waste. You're not like, you're also you're not, really good though, Hannah. I was good. And, but I had more of an athletic build, mm-hmm. not really the ideal dancer Petite, body. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I was good at dancing, but it was, well, you're never going to be that great at it. You're never going to get a job doing that. It's a waste of time for mm-hmm. you to do that. But, but no, I, it was I enjoyed it. It was graceful. It taught me to carry myself in a more graceful way and to hold myself with good posture. And I enjoyed the creativity of of dance. And so it wasn't a waste of time, but I had zero intention of becoming a professional dancer. I that that actually is not something I wanted to do professionally. I wanted to be able to enjoy dance. And and unfortunately, a lot of people view stuff like this as hey, this is competitive. We got to get to the top and and be the best. Where I I'd like to take a dance class and I'd like to improve and get better at dance, but the kind of the thing is, oh, if you're an adult taking it, you know, just kind of leave the adults alone. Right. Don't correct them and don't don't help them at all. You know that that it, mentality is wrong, though. Yeah, but that's not why we do. Well, I was reading. I read a that. great quote attributed to Kurt Vonnegut, and I haven't verified it, but I think it's correct. Where he said, "This is by Kurt Vonnegut." When I was fifteen, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. I was take I was talking to one of the archaeologists one day during our lunch break, and he asked those kinds of you know getting to know you questions. You ask young people, you know, do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? And I told him, Nah, I don't really play sports. I, I mean, I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and piano, and I used to take art classes. And then he went, Wow, that's amazing. And I said, Oh no, but I'm not any good at any of them. And he said something that I will never forget, and which absolutely blew my mind. Because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. And I'll back up here. Remember, this is a 15-year-old Kurt Vonnegut talking to an archaeologist. And the archaeologist tells him, I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills and all that. And uh, that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person, no matter how well you do them. And Kurt Vonnegut said, that honestly changed my life. Because I went from a failure, someone who hadn't been talented enough to at anything to excel to someone who did things because I enjoyed them. I had been raised in such an achievement-oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent, that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could win at them. So that goes right along with what we were saying, where we want our kids to develop these habits and these talents to help them relax, because there are things that they enjoy. Not because we're expecting them to go pro. And not because we're expecting them to become these experts, but rather it's part of that maintaining a balance in their lives. And I really like Kurt Vonnegut's quote on that. I thought that was really good. At the same time, it, the things that we enjoy, it it actually makes it more enjoyable as we improve at them. Exactly. It, it, but the process of improving at something's enjoyable, but that I have to be the best, I have to win, I have to make a career out of this. That's false. That's yeah. That's not why you are doing it. Um, most of the time, yeah. A Sometimes people, you are. Uh, yeah. Some people, yeah, it will be their career, but but for most of us, the reason we're doing it isn't for that. But how many times have things that you learned where you thought, well, I'm not going to be a trumpet player, for example. Mm-hmm. You learned to play the trumpet, right? And you're like, I'm not a trumpet player. Yet, how many times has that? I uh, have the skills 
from that come and affected your life as both a parent right. and uh, through your work and the experiences you had there, even though that was just kind of like a minor little, oh, yeah, I played the trumpet. Yep. I did that. You know, I, I wasn't the best. I wasn't. The, but but wow, that came into play here in my career in editing. And I needed to know this and I needed to know that. And there's or, always overlap. Yep. Yeah, there, exactly. there's overlap. And it's 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 just funny how that adds a little bit of richness. That one little thing just added a little layer of who you are and the experiences yep. you've had. So, so two more and then yeah. we're done. Uh, and these are the last two and they're kind of related. But the idea is that every kid before they leave home should understand and have basic leadership opportunities where an opportunity to lead something. And we talked about that before with, you know, give your kid the opportunity to plan a family trip, even if it's just to go get ice cream, to put them in charge and let them know what it's like to be in charge. There's great value there in understanding, because they're going to be a mom or a dad someday, and they're going to be in charge of their household. And they need to have that experience before they become a mom or a dad. Where, or at least it gives you the respect to support the person who is in charge once you realize oh, how yes, hard it is to be yep. the person oh, in charge. Where I don't like being the person in charge. It's a lot. But once you realize what all goes into like planning a party or something like that, then you realize, oh, as a guest, I probably need to, sh- you know, show do up. this, you show know, up show up and show up on RSVP. time and yeah, yeah and, and kind of understand how it feels being in that position if, if for no other reason than to be a better <laughs> non-leader. Exactly. <laughs> so, it makes you appreciate the leaders who do actually do a good job. Yeah. And sometimes you'll discover that kids have those talents where, oh, they are a leader and they're good at it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like how the scouting program had that as one of their requirements was that the kids had to hold leadership positions. In order to advance a rank, you had to have... You had to have had, held a leadership position. Yeah. Exactly. So, but ways that you could maybe do that at home, aside from the scouting, you know, at different clubs or programs like that, is you could say, "Hey, you know, your sibling's birthday is coming up. Could you throw them a party? Could you be in charge of it this time?" And you know, and here's your budget. Here's your budget. Can you organize this? And what a can- great opportunity. Yeah. What a great experience that would be. So I like that. Where you say, hey, could you do this? Could you, I'd like you to be in charge of this. And you could also pay them out a job jar for their time that they put into it. So Make it a job jar item or a couple for that matter. Yeah. And that leads into number 38, which is kind of related. And that is every kid who, before they leave home, needs to learn, needs to know how to teach or lead a discussion. Where a lot of times, because they're used to seeing teachers and they've had teachers their whole lives, but they've never actually been the one to lead the discussion or be the teacher. And so it's a really good experience for them to, and it could be something simple like, oh, you lead the family devotional this week. Or you lead, we, I'd like you to lead the discussion on this topic. And that goes back to the whole, what we were talking about earlier about communication and speech and debate. That goes a long way mm-hmm. for them to learn how to, to lead a discussion or to teach. But making it sp- explicit, like here is your topic, I would like you to lead a family discussion or lead family devotional on this topic. Or one thing that's very helpful is like um, if you say, hey, uh, can you help your sibling with their homework? 
or if they don't have siblings, encourage them to maybe as a service, one of their, like if, if they're trying to make a goal to do service, do the service of tutoring other students at right. school. And so getting that experience of learning to teach others and, and help others with the information that they have. So that can actually be a way of doing service both at home or at school or mentoring somebody else and helping them learn something new that you already have learned. Excellent. Whew. And that's it. Those are the, those are the 38 skills that we feel like every kid should leave home uh, with. Yeah, and having having learned. Hopefully, yeah, you you can see how you can use money pants to um, kind of make it really motivate. Uh, yeah, motivate it and just kind of work it into your money pants experience, so that you're like, wait, hey, I'm doing a good job. I'm preparing my kids for college, and you're not stressed about wondering if you've done that or not. You've got it covered, and you've taken advantage of different situations to accomplish that. And your kids won't be a statistic by the former Stanford dean. (laughs) So and just a quick recap. And these are the things we talked about where, number one, want the kids to learn work ethic. Number two, money management. Number three, how to save, shop, and spend. Number four, how to do taxes and what it means. Number five, how to invest. Number six, dealing, how to deal with failure. Number seven, how to recognize scams and Ponzi schemes. Number eight, how to apply for a job. Number nine, how to research and check and do background. Number uh, or, on, or on products. Number 10, how to do laundry. Number 11, how to cook. Number 12, how to run the home. Number 13, how to clean up after themselves. Number 14, how to take care of themselves with personal hygiene. Number 15, how to manage their time. Number 16, how to go to bed. Number 17, how to dress and carry themselves. Number 18, how to do their hair. <laughs> Number 19, how to have social skills and etiquette. Number 20, to have dating skills and etiquette. Number 21, internet and phone etiquette and safety. Uh, number 22, how to handle interpersonal problems and, and solve relation um, relationship problems. Number 23, how to get answers to prayers and recognize God's influence and direction. Number 24, how to understand others by taking notes and developing good study habits. Number 25, computer skills. Number 26, how to read, write, and communicate. Number 27, how to vote and how to uh, understand how the government works. Number 28, transportation, how to get around, how to go places, how to drive a car, etc. Number 29, how to maintain your transportation item, whether it's a car or, or uh, a bicycle or a motorcycle. Number 30, how to swim. Number 30, how to deal with emergencies from earthquakes and tornadoes to, you know, cuts and, and bleeds and, or someone choking or someone with suicidal thoughts. Number 32, basic survival skills. Number 33, how to, how to defend themselves. Number 34, how to relax and maintain balance. Number 35, how to, how to discover and develop their personal superpowers. Number 36, how to develop their talents and a hobby to help them relax. Number 37, how to lead and have basic, have basic leadership skills. And number 38, how to teach and lead a discussion. Those, those are the basics. Like if our kids leave home with those basics, I think we're going to be in good shape. And here's the other idea is if it's really important, maybe you could turn it into a job where you feel like one of the, some of these skills are so critical, so important that you don't want to make it a habit because with money pants, habits are kind of optional. You don't have to do all of them every week 
in order to, to earn your habit bonus, you only have to do 75%. So you could get away with do, without doing some of your habits, but if you make it into a job, you don't get your bonus if you don't do your job every day. And so that may be an idea, or make it a weekly job because that's worth a lot of money. Whatever the case, you can use money pants to either set these things up as habits, daily or weekly habits, or maybe even a daily or a weekly job. And I'll give a quick example. In, in our family, I feel like it's uh, scripture study is a must for the whole family on a daily basis. And so it's not one of my habits. That's actually one of my jobs. That's one of my daily jobs is to lead family scripture study. And it th- th- you could also do something similar with your kids where there's a, there's a task that's important enough to you that they have that you could just make it one, one of their jobs. Because like I said, da- you know, daily jobs aren't, aren't really optional. And if, so if you assign one of these skills to your kids as a daily job, it will get done and they will, they will develop that skill. Or, you know, the alternative is they lose their, their bonus money and they don't want that. And so ideally they'll get it done. So th- those, are, those are the easiest ways to learn these things using money pants. Use it, either uh, assign it as a habit uh, to yourself or to your kids, or to sign it even, even as a daily or a weekly job. And leaving home with these, I think it's 38 basic skills, that they will give your little superheroes quite the edge in the real world. And also, it, one of the major benefits is it will leave a, lot of, leave a lot of anxiety and stress for both you and your kids, because you're gonna send them out into the world and you're, knowing, you're gonna know, I prepared them to the best of my ability and I, I taught them everything that I feel like I needed to, and they'll enter the world going, I know how to do this stuff. It doesn't guarantee success, but boy, does it give you such an edge. And those are kind of all of our thoughts on the skills that every, adult skills every kid should have before they leave home. And if you like what you hear in this podcast, please, you know, tell your friends. We may share something that they're actually looking for. Uh, And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy some of Falcon Jasper's loud, lumpy loops. We'll see you next time.